Welcome to the F4 Podcast, where faith, family, fun, and finance intersect for a purposeful life. I'm Travis, and with my wife, Rebecca, we are here to guide you on a journey towards financial peace and success. Join us as we explore the realms of personal finance, from saving and budgeting to investing and retirement planning. But we don't stop there. We'll also delve into the deeper meaning behind it all, how aligning our faith and finances can make a lasting impact on the kingdom of God. Get ready to transform your mindset, take control of your money, and become a catalyst for change. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the F4 Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be continuing our faith-focused episodes with discussion of the layout of the Bible, as well as which sections of the Bible are prescriptive and descriptive in nature. Hopefully that will help you as you're studying to understand better the context of each passage in the Bible that you're reading. So Becca, why don't you remind the listeners of what prescriptive and descriptive mean? Descriptive is when the Bible is describing what happened. Prescriptive is when the Bible specifically tells Christians today how to act or what to do or not do. Right. Prescriptive tells someone to do something. Yeah. And so in the case of Noah and the Ark, for example, I think we may have talked about this last time, but Noah... God prescribed for Noah to build the ark. So that was a prescriptive command from God to Noah. But when we read it in the Bible, it's just describing what happened. The prescription of build an ark, does that apply to us today? Nope. Because it was just prescribed to Noah. And so it's important to realize some things are prescribed just for the Jews to be doing in the Old Testament. Are there things that we can learn, just like Noah from the Noah and the Ark? We can learn that when God tells us to do something, we should do it. Yeah. And we can be saved through that. Just like Noah was saved through the Ark, through the flood, we can be saved through our obedience when God tells us to do things. Both types of text, prescriptive and descriptive, have value. They're both important. But it's important to realize which kind you're reading so that you know is this something I need to directly do and apply to my life? Or is this something I need to learn the moral of the story or learn for the sake of history? So Becca's going to tell us a little bit about the Old Testament. Uh, the Old Testament is mostly descriptive. It's a bunch of history and principles, but basically it's describing what happened in the lives of the Hebrews from creation until the New Testament. Yes. And then the Bible says that the Old Testament is given to us as a schoolmaster or a teacher to help us better understand the new covenant, which was to come. Yeah. So New Testament, New Covenant, Old Testament, Old Covenant. Covenant is like a promise or a contract more specifically. It's a legal term, a legal agreement. And so in the Old Testament, the agreement was if you sin, you will have to sacrifice animals for that sin because something has to die to pay the wages of your sin. In the New Testament or New Covenant, Jesus becomes that perfect sacrifice that makes um, the animal sacrifice no longer necessary because Jesus lived a sinless human life, even though he was God come in the flesh and he died for us so that our sins can be covered under the new covenant. So that kind of helps understand the 
overarching Old Testament and New Testament principles. Everything ultimately points to Jesus coming and being the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. The whole Bible is about Jesus. Yes. (laughs) So it's a good time to discuss the overall layout of the Bible. Becca, why don't you start that off with the Old Testament? So the first five books, Genesis through Deuteronomy, are what is considered the Mosaic Law, um, and it is historical in nature. It talks about the creation and slaves in Egypt and the Exodus. And then after that is when God gave Moses the law to tell his people how to serve and follow him. And then after that, we've got Joshua through Esther, which are the books of history. So you have the books of law in the first five, and then the books of history, They're stories of the life and times of the Hebrews, the people that followed the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God called Yahweh. It's their life story. We can learn a lot about the times they went through, how they served God, how they failed to serve God. They struggled. They made mistakes. And there's a lot we can learn and take from those stories as well. And after that are the books of wisdom from Psalms to Song of Solomon. They're mostly written in poetic form. Um, which doesn't always translate because they were originally written in Hebrew. And so just because they don't rhyme or align with maybe the poems we're familiar with doesn't change the intention behind the original writings. But also the fact that they're poetic doesn't mean they're fictional. Many scholars believe there was an actual man named Job. And we know King David exists and he wrote a lot of the Psalms. And Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs or most of it. And so it's important to look at these from a poetic standpoint because it might not all be literal. Yeah, for example, like if the Bible says, I think in Psalms, that God wraps his arms around us like a mother hen. God's not a big chicken in the sky. Exactly. Like That's just a, a metaphor, right? Yeah. And we, we have that in our own language today. That's nothing unusual. And Exactly. But there's still so much we can learn from that because... I mean, with the mother hen thing, like God will protect us and provide a place of safety when needed. And so there's a lot to learn. And so we don't want to just dismiss these books just because they're poems or wisdom or written poetically. We need to take the wisdom from that, but also realize it's not always literal. Yeah. So let's talk about a few of these in a little more detail. You have the book of Psalms, which is... um, comprised of basically two types of psalms generally. You have ones that are worshipful, and then you have ones that are called laments, which is like, well, life's terrible, but God is still in control. And so it's good to read those and see that like God is bigger than our emotions, and he's big enough to handle all that we go through. And God understands. God understands, yeah. And that we should worship God even in the midst of trials. There's a lot to learn there. And then Proverbs is a book specifically of Solomon teaching his son how to be wise. And so there's a lot of valuable life information to be taken from that book as well. Um, I'm not going to go into every book of books of wisdom and talk about them, but I wanted to single out those two specifically because they are um, very popular and very important. Song of Solomon is more about marriage. And then you have Job, which is... Um, it's like one giant lament. Kind of. Yeah, it was It was basically one giant trial. More it was or less, hard, yeah. Where Job was tempted by Satan to turn against God, and Satan took all that he had, and it's the whole story of how Job remained faithful to God, even in the midst of great tragedy and great loss. 
and how God saw Job through in the end. Sure. So lastly, in the Old Testament, we have the major and minor prophets. These are people who spoke on behalf of God. They gave prophecies about what was to come. And some prophecies were local in nature or immediate in the soon coming future, while others are more extended in nature. And those would be like your messianic prophecies about Jesus coming or prophecies about the end time when Jesus comes for the second time and takes us all to heaven, basically. And so there's a lot of descriptive stuff in there about things that are going to happen, things to watch for, as well as prophecies that when they became fulfilled in Jesus, allowed us to know that Jesus truly is God come in the flesh to be our sacrifice. Yeah. Like that was all foretold thousands of years before it actually happened. It's miraculous in a sense, because all of these things literally came to pass through Jesus. Yeah. That's not miraculous in the sense that when you think of, well, it's God, God did it. God told people to do it. So of course it's going to happen. Yeah. But for those who don't believe in God, seeing something stated thousands of years before that actually came to pass is a good evidence for the existence of God and the existence of Jesus or the proof of Jesus actually being God. And after that, we get to the New Testament where we find more prescriptive text. Uh, The first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are what are normally called the Gospels. And they are the story of Jesus told from four different perspectives. They're mostly descriptive because they have a lot of historical nature as far as when Jesus was here. They're mostly descriptive because they describe what happened in the day-to-day life of Jesus and his disciples. That being said, many of Jesus' sayings were prescriptive in nature because they tell us how we should live, how we should think, and what philosophies we should have. They tell us how to conduct ourselves and what attitudes to have or not have. Specifically with regard to attitude, Jesus spoke a lot on how that matters more than the actions. And then that brings us to after the death of Christ, the book of Acts. Acts is short for Acts or Actions of the Apostles. It's a very important book because it takes place right around the time that Jesus ascended to heaven and Jesus gives Peter the keys to the kingdom and he commissions him to go and preach the gospel. And then Peter preaches and he tells the Jews how they crucified the Messiah and they've sinned. And of course, the Jews respond, what do we need to do now? And he tells them that they need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins, and they shall receive the Holy Ghost in Acts 2.38. This is super important because immediately after that, the Bible says that God added to the church daily such as should be saved. It's the first time the Bible mentions the word church. And so if we want to learn how we can be added to the church, we look to the book of Acts. And thus much of this portion of Acts is prescriptive in nature. He's telling everyone how they can be saved. And we know it doesn't just apply to the Jews because the very next verse says that that promise is for them and their children. And as many as are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so that told us that Jews and non-Jews or Gentiles could be saved in this way. That part of Acts especially is very prescriptive in nature. Then it goes on to describe the acts of the apostles and how they continued 
to go and preach this message of repentance and baptism to other people. And we see different instances where other people were baptized and received the Holy Spirit throughout the book of Acts. Basically, it describes the actions of witnessing Yes. And reaching people. Yes. For Christ. So what's next? Um, After that, we have what are called the epistles, which is just a fancy word for letters to the churches. That's Romans through Jude. And they are instructions written by multiple authors. Mostly Paul. Mostly Paul. To different churches or individuals who have already joined the church, as described in Acts. These people have already been repented, been baptized, and received the Spirit of God. So the letters aren't how to be saved. The letters are how to continue that walk with God, how to go through the path of sanctification and learning to learning who God is and how to love him better. Yeah, how to live faithfully for God and continue a life of holiness. Um, there's a lot in the epistles about like how we should dress, how we should look, how we should act. Um, And all of those are a part of being set apart, being different from the world, not just for the sake of being different, but for the sake of being more like God. Um, The Bible says without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And so the epistles are prescriptive because they tell us, the New Testament church, how to be holy, how to be separate from the world, how to be more like God. And then that brings us to the last book in the Bible, which is the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, Revelation means the unveiling of Jesus Christ. The Bible um, in this portion is mostly prophetic and descriptive in nature. It's telling us what's going to happen in the future when Jesus comes back for his saints. And then we will see who Jesus truly is in all his glory. Yeah. You know, the first time he came, he came as a man, but then he will come as God. Yeah. It's not supposed to make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Most prophecies don't really make sense until they're fulfilled. Yes. Like, and then you're like, Oh man, that's exactly what they talked about in this verse back here. Um, now some prophecies are more explicit than others. It just depends, but not always at the time they were given. Right. And so the point of revelation isn't to tell us the exact date and time that Jesus is coming back so that we can get saved before that date. Because the truth of the matter is we could die at any time and we need to be ready to meet Jesus at any hour Um, because it can be any hour. Yeah. That and also we don't you don't want to look at revelations as like a scary book. Because it's not. No, it's exciting. It's telling you here when this stuff, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about like when you see these things, look up because your redemption draws an eye. Like it means, you know, the end is coming to suffering and the end of pain and the end of all these trials and tribulations that we go through is coming and we get to be with God forever and experience a face-to-face relationship with him for all of eternity. That's exciting, or it should be if you're, you know, right with God. So there you have it. It's important as you read the Bible to pay attention to what kind of text am I reading? Who is it written to? Is it descriptive or prescriptive? To keep the verses in their proper context. Yeah, so it's important to ask yourself, like, while you're reading, why did this happen? Or 
what was going on around it and how does this apply to me today? You might read certain parts and we talked about where you're getting Noah and think you have to build an ark the first time you read that book, but that's not what it's about. Now that's an extreme example. It is. Probably it people, is. but you'd be surprised how many passages people think, oh, this applies to me when really, well, that promise especially, was given to the Jews, not necessarily to you. And even for me, like I struggle with the concept of prescriptive versus descriptive because I looked at prescriptive, basically, that anything good in the Bible to follow is prescriptive, but Proverbs is descriptive because it's describing a dad teaching his son how to be wise. There's a lot of good lessons. Right. And just because it's descriptive doesn't mean we shouldn't follow it. But it helps us interpret it and apply it properly. In the proper context. Yeah. Yeah. Because that teaches us that, A, these are things we need to do to be wise, but also it's a good idea to teach your kids these things, just like Solomon taught his kids how to be wise. We should be teaching our young people how to be wise. So that's what we want to do. We want to understand God's word so that we can be pleasing to him and be more like him. So hopefully this has been helpful to you. Hopefully it'll help you in your Bible reading, understand better um, the context of what you're reading and apply it better to your life. We will see you next time. That's all for today's episode. Bye. Bye for now. That wraps up another empowering episode of the F4 podcast. Remember, it's not just about the dollars and cents, but about building the kingdom of God in every aspect of your life. We hope you've gained valuable insights on how to navigate the world of personal finance while prioritizing faith, family, and fun. Take what you've learned today and apply it with intentionality. Together, let's sow seeds of financial wisdom and make a difference. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with others who are seeking financial peace and a higher purpose. Until next time, keep living F4 prioritizing faith, family, fun, and finance.